Why? Why people clap for Tiny Jack? I made the white people clap. Heard that. You heard that? So listen, um, you're one of the more fascinating characters of 2019 so far. You are. Because it was, because I was, so like, I'm on, I'm on vacation, right? I'm on the beautiful island of Anguilla. And I read a headline. The headline says, flex. Uh, not a flex. <laughs> I go, I go to Anguilla. We go to Anguilla. And we flex. And, and I, I read the headline. The headline says, artist refuses to play festival where white people are charged double. The first thing I thought was, wow, how can I buy tickets to this festival where white people are charged double? <laughs> then I thought, what an interesting stand to take. Um, and I'm sure that it put you in the crosshairs and in the spotlight in a way that maybe you didn't think that it would. First of all, tell us a little bit about yourself and then we'll get into that. Like, how long have you been doing music? Like, what, what's your music like? Before we get into what brought you to us, let's talk about what brought you to you. So yeah, tell, tell a little bit about, tell us a little bit about yourself. So my name is Jillian. Mm -hmm. um, that's my first name. I am um, multifaceted, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. But as far as music, it is very um, passionate for me because it's an outlet for me. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't always. I used to be very heavily influenced by my environment when it came to music. And I was unhappy when I was doing music at that time until I realized that it was an outlet for me. Um, as far as my background, I grew up in Hamtramck and the east side of Detroit, as well as the suburbs. So Hamtramck's a small town inside of Detroit. It's completely surrounded by Detroit. Um, Damn, that's live, weird. It's super odd. It's only two miles wide, mm -hmm. very small little town, very like super melting pot, all types of people there. Um, I love the town to death. But um, heavily influenced by Detroit, of course. Right. Um, but uh, it is its own, its own little town. So when I was born, I lived there for several years, moved to the east side of Detroit. Um, when I, I was born into my mother, who is mixed race, who's a biracial woman, my uh, grandmother, who is a white woman, and my grandfather, who is her husband, mm -hmm. not my biological grandfather, but yeah. the only grandfather I've ever known who's a white man as well. So, um, so from very early on, white people around you. Period. Right. Absolutely. Um, from from jump, uh, my my white grandmother was was the first person to hold me, so um, so yes, from very little, and then, wow, she beat your mama to the punch. Period. Damn. <laughs> white people always period. gotta take. No, I'm just and joking. that's I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Well, <laughs> I'm just but joking. no, but no, that she yeah. and she beat her to a lot of punches. That's that's important though. She mm -hmm. beat her to a lot of punches because my mom was grinding, and uh, I was with that grandmother and that grandfather ton. Which is uh, which is huge for me and for a lot of things. But um, from there, my grandparents moved to uh, Kentucky, and we stayed. We moved to the east side of Detroit. Mm -hmm. So during that time, I was spending a lot of time with them during the summer. I was spending my summers on the farm, um, helping my grandpa bale hay. You know, we're on the on the farm with goats and chickens and cows and all type. I swear on here. Yeah. All types of shit. And so right. <laughs> um, from there, you know. But I'm spending my my the school year, the academic year, at on the east side of Detroit, you know, mm -hmm. and but I'm in private school. So I'm in private school. I live on the block, but you know, I go I spend my summers three months out of the year on the farm. So it's got I got all types of shit going on. And um, from there we couldn't afford tuition no more. So uh, we moved. My mom could afford suburban taxes <laughs> more than she could 
you know, private schools. What so. changed that made it where you guys couldn't afford the tuition anymore? Um, well, honestly, my mom was having payless paydays at her job. Mm -hmm. And so um, that that's what was happening. And we just couldn't afford it anymore. So I went to uh, private school in the suburbs, which was a bit of a culture shock for me, a, a bit, because I was always doing like academy dance in mm -hmm. the suburbs. Um, but I wasn't living in the suburbs. So so the residential part of it was different for me, but it definitely opened up my eyes to a lot of things. From there, I went away to school, um, predominantly white institution, um, Western Michigan University. Okay, hello. And um, <laughs> <laughs> and that was cool and came back right where I started. I, I moved back uh, to Hamtramck when I got out of school. So full circle and um, had a lot of experiences throughout that. Did a, wore a lot of different hats. Um, I've done corporate, I've done retail, I've done music, you mm -hmm. know, independent, uh, full-time, mm -hmm. um, a, a lot of different hats. So seen a lot of different things, have a very particular type, type of tolerance, but everything brought me back to the music because that's an outlet for me. I'm a very peaceful person, very understanding person, and that's only because I allow myself to have an outlet like I do, like my music, and um, yeah. that, that would be my background. So you, so you, you're, 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 they contact you, you're going to do the festival, right? The, the Afrofuture Festival in Detroit is the festival that we're talking about. The festival, uh, that's the name of it, Afrofuture? Afrofuture, correct. Afrofuture. And um, this festival apparently had a, a policy to where um, there was uh, tickets were $40. Quick remember if I'm wrong. Okay. If you are white and if you are black, the tickets, I think, were 10 and 20 bucks. Right. Yep. They had like an early bird thing. So, yep, 10 and 20 and then 20 and 40. So, then 10, 10 and 20. 20 and then 20 and 40. Yep. Um, and I read, um, so I'm... To, to come back to it, I'm on a vacation and I'm like, wow, uh, I read two stories at the same time. Number one, I read the story about you pulling out of the festival and I read the stories that are going on about the festival itself. Because right. <clears throat> when they write these things, they write them from different points of view. One is from the point of view of the person who refused to, to, to perform. The other one is the point of view of just what the festival is doing and the question about whether or not that's appropriate. And I read it then and I'm not going to recall it now. I think the gist of why they were doing this was to make up for the was the fact that a lot of festivals that are geared toward African Americans and African American youth, they felt like eventually got co-opted uh, by white patrons, white corporations, and in order to offset that, they wanted to give um, black people, uh, dis people of color, I should say, because it was people of color, not right. just black people, um, a discounted rate to get into these places. That's what they said on their website. How did you learn about that? And how did you learn that that's what they were doing? Because obviously when you agreed to participate, you must have not known. Correct. So when did you learn about that? And what was your first response, when you, your first reaction when you heard about it? I'm glad you asked that. It's very, I think it's very important that the way that I learned about it um, was from a childhood white friend of mine who fights a lot of anxiety and finally brought herself to support her mans. You know what I'm saying? And at a, at a very public and, you know, a event that would definitely probably trigger some anxiety for her. But she, she was ready to do that. And that was what she was um, interested so she, with. So she has a problem with big crowds. Period. And she was going to go to support you. Right. Even though it's a trigger. Period. And us with anxiety know how this, how this can go. Right. Um, and then when she got there, she saw that the tickets were uh, more expensive for her. Were different for her. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And the only thing that she sent me, she just screenshotted it and sent it to me like, I bet you didn't know about this, is what she said. And I never even got back to her because of how 
I felt about it. One, because I had no idea. And that was going to be and that's going to be the main reason why it was a thing for me at all, because I didn't know about it. That's the only reason why it ever became public, because I had already supported it. And mm-hmm. so unknowingly. Mm-hmm. And um, I was triggered because I was I felt as if the wool was over my eyes about something that I had agreed to put my name on. And that was unfair. And on top of that, it was something that affected me and my makeup. And not only that, but those who I have great relationships with. And a little bit of care for me as an artist would have went a long way in reference to everything that I just mentioned. So I was very triggered by the situation. Had you known, I'm assuming you wouldn't have done it. Right. Right. Um, Do you feel like them, um, do you feel like not knowing was something that the organizers of this festival did purposefully? Or do you feel like they just didn't feel the need to tell you that there was a difference in the price of the tickets? I think it was done purposefully because of that, maybe maybe even subconscious. I will give enough credit to say subconscious, but um, that there, there, you knew there's going to be backlash there. Mm-hmm. And so to keep as many agreeable people in the loop and as many liabilities to your mechanisms out of the loop is definitely uh, beneficial for a very um, limited view. But mm-hmm. I think that's the view that was being taken at the time. And I say that because I feel like the whole event was... Um, hoping that it would be done under the scope, under the radar. And, oh, you don't um, think they wanted people to know that they were doing this? Oh, no. It was, it was, it was, uh, it was a kinfolk thing. You know what I'm saying? It was mm-hmm. never supposed to reach all this. You know? Well, the festival's it, bigger now than it ever has been. Period. It, that was, I don't believe that was the goal. Right. Um, the goal was to make it a... It, it's on the block. Yeah. It's on the block. It's on the east side of Detroit on the block. Like, it was supposed to be some kinfolk shit. Like, right. period. It was never supposed to be any of this. And um, I feel like that exact thought process is the exact thing that made motherfuckers feel like it was cool. And um, I get that. Mm -hmm. I'm not too dense to understand that. I'm not too dense to understand this was for us, by us. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not no deep concept. Um, But it wasn't done right. Right. And that's just really the bottom line to it. It wasn't done right. And um, there's no other way to put that. I couldn't get behind it because it wasn't done properly. And Mm -hmm. um, there's a way that we can definitely... Make a, take a stand mm-hmm. on discrepancies in equity. There's mm-hmm. a way that we can move the needle on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel, I feel that that requires depth. I feel that that requires a little bit of critical thinking. It requires stealthiness. This was loud. Mm-hmm. Um, Why do we have to be stealth? Um, the, things I, that were, the things that were done to us were pretty loud. They were, absolutely. How did they go? Did they work out? For the people that did them to it, they worked out amazingly. You, so? you feel you feel as if they worked out. For the people we're that s- they're still being fought. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But they but we're we're fighting. Do you want to be in their position? No, okay, I like the, so the, then the, it didn't work out. Well, depends on how you look at it. But right? for like, you, you you wouldn't even you don't even want to be in their position. But I love my the only reason why is because right. I love my culture. But what you, I, so what you're saying that didn't work. You don't want to be there. So why do something that's going to get you where you don't want to be? This is this is why I define it as having worked for them. Okay. Because they got done exactly what they wanted to have gotten done. So this, so 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 the way I look at things in this entire prism is your goal, what you wanted to do, based upon, and and how close did you get? Okay. Now for me, there's a certain set, and part of that is because of my community and because of my mother and my grandmother and the moral values that I have. Right. There's a way that I um, 
you know, part of this has to do with growing up where I grew up in South Louisiana, Baton Rouge. I say it every podcast, and I'll say it now. Um, but there's a sense of morality and fairness that I believe hasn't been shown to African Americans. Um, but it hasn't not been shown to African Americans on accident. It's been shown on, it hasn't been shown on purpose, right? Mm-hmm. And the reason why it hasn't been shown on purpose is to set up a caste system where a certain group has all the advantages in America. And they want these advantages so they can wield significant cultural, corporate, um, economic, and military power. So, whereas I wouldn't want to be them, they would want to be them. So, it's working for them. So, the only question that I have, I appreciate the stand that you made because if you look at the things that you're, that you're talking about through only a moral prison, prism, there's no way to disagree with you. Like, there's no way to disagree that it is unfair to charge one group more than another group to attend a concert. There's no way to disagree with that. Right. The only thing that I would say, and this comes from 39 years of really uh, being, of observing America, trying to participate in America, and striving for things in America, why is it always us who has to care about fair? I'm going to preface this by saying it feels good to piss. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, this is pissing, though. This is pissing. Like, it's, it's chess. You know what I'm saying? This is a checkers move. It's loud, and it and it's only matters that it's loud because it's checkers. It's not even... We talking a, we're talking a festival that's on the east side of Detroit mm-hmm. that's trying to tell me that we're doing this to bridge an equity gap. And we're charging an extra $10 for every white head. Mm-hmm. Okay? We're talking a capacity of 200 people. White people wasn't coming. Anybody that was white that was coming was my fans. Mm-hmm. So we talking on a good day. I doubled my following with this shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So on a good day, then I'm bringing, especially on, to the east side of Detroit, mm-hmm. I might have been bringing out fam that hit me up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You about to bridge an equity gap with the $10 on her head? Mm. You're trying to say something. You're not actually trying to make these gains. You're not actually putting in that work to get this shit taken care of. This is just loud and rude. And if you want to be loud and rude and smart, I'm cool with that. If you want to be loud and rude and right, I'm cool with that. Hmm. If you want to be loud and rude and successful, I'm on deck. All right. But y'all loud, rude, wrong, and we still broke. Right. I have a problem with that, and I don't know about it. Hmm. So now I'm loud, rude, and broke with you. So I have a problem with you. Hmm. That's where I'm at with it. It's really that simple. It's, it's nothing. It don't got shit to do with my granny. That that was emotional for me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine being up there singing the songs that I sing off of a mixtape that's named after my grandmother. And she paid double to get in here trying to reach a goal that this ain't even set up to reach. Yeah. Trash. That's whack. I'm not I'm not here for that. Yeah. What I am here for is to make sure that I don't bend on what I believe in off no bandwagon shit. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. And to definitely uphold the things that made me what I am when I sit in front of you today. Yeah. I'm sleeping at night. So that's, that's really all it was about. If it would have been done properly and professionally, we wouldn't, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have this conversation with you. That would suck. This is lit. But, and it, and it also wouldn't have let me know where my people are. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I have my own plans. I have my own blueprint. I have my own chess game set up for moving the needle with the platform that I create and my team creates, and the people that believe in me create for myself, it's not loud, rude, and wrong, no. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We don't have to be stealthy. I choose stealth. And I have that right. And I would have chose it had the opportunity been brought to me in the first place. I, I choose to go that way because sure. I see success at the end of doing it the way that I see it done. And you want to do it the right way. And, I, and I'm trying to get somewhere. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, we sitting here talking about this, the festivals for children and the festival for that. Then let's charge everybody $50 to get in this. Mm-hmm. Okay? Are we trying to do equity? Are we trying to do charity? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? A very close friend of mine made that point. You can't do both. We're doing one or the other. Are we doing charity for these kids? Or are we putting equity in the black community? What's up? What's, what's going on? It's just, it's not well thought out. And I'm not going to, it's not any more shady than that. It's just not well thought out, in my opinion. I pulled out of it publicly because I supported it publicly. It ain't got nothing to do with me turning on nobody or no communities or no races or being confused or being caping for nobody. It mm-hmm. ain't none of that shit. Mm-hmm. Shit was done unprofessionally. I wasn't even aware of what's going on. Right. You know what I'm saying? I agreed to do this shit out of the goodness of my heart. I'm not being paid, compensated. If we want to talk about black equity, um, that's, you know, it's mm-hmm. not even that type of thing. Tell you something. My grandfather, uh, Quinn Ellis, owned a grocery store in South Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Ellis Corner Groceries. Um, integration, actually. That's fire, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a black owner of a grocery store. That's fire, Shout out to, by the to way. Um, owned a grocery store. If you came into his grocery store and you were white, you were going to pay my grandfather. If you came into his grocery store and you were black, he might give you some credit. Probably would give you the credit. As it was explained to me why this existed. Um, he explained it to it in much more colorful terms, but I'll explain the basic gist of it. The basic gist of it is this. The white man that that has found himself in this neighborhood, in the bottom in South Baton Rouge, might be here for whatever reason. He's coming in here. He wants a beer. He wants chocolate milk. He wants a bag of chips. He can pay for it. The people in in this community, I know what they go through. I know what they have and what they don't have. They are my neighbors and my friends. Um, and people who I'm around. I know sometimes they got it. I know sometimes they ain't got it. Because of this, this sort of system of privilege that would bring a white man to him and this system of sort of denigration that would bring the people that are in the neighborhood to him, he decides these people need it more, so I charge them less. This other guy, he might have it, he might not have it. But the reality is I'm less tethered to his experience And I know that he's in a different social class. So he's got a bigger burden. Do you have a problem with that idea? Was it on the window? What do you mean? That uh, the the price discrepancy. Was it on the window? No. This This was my grandfather who owned it. And this was the way he looked at dealing with his community. Right. And dealing with people from outside of his community. He felt like he had a... a fiscal op- obligation to his store, but a moral obligation to the people that lived uh, lived in and around South Baton Rouge to do things a little bit differently. Hell yeah, let's get it. I mean, I'm here for that. It's not, it's... What's the difference in that situation in the concert? The reason I ask about the window is that it gives people the opportunity to come in here, learn, learn what y'all trying to do, learn a story, what's going on in here. Um, and it's also, comma, stealthy. Mm-hmm. It's, there's not a window on the... It's not called shop here if you're black. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's something else going on there. But had it been called shop here if you're black, I don't know. Had it they, been accessible? 
as successful. Maybe they come and they burn a store down. Maybe so. Maybe this is something, and they, they didn't. What actually killed his store was the fact that when niggas got the opportunity, and I'll say it just like that, yes, to go Thank shop you. at Winn-Dixie <laughs> and Albertsons and Walmart and not shop in the store that, that fed them and kept them alive, that's what they went and did. So that's a whole nother conversation. It's not, though. That same thought is the same thought that is bred by y'all need to pay $10 more. That's what breeds that thinking. No, what breeds the thinking that you need to pay $10 more is the fact that we felt like for so many years that freedom was in that true freedom and equality in America was in somebody else's neighborhood. It's really in our neighborhood. Facts, facts. But the way that we keep things in our neighborhood sometimes is to make is to incentivize those things staying in our neighborhood. I love it. And one way to do that would be to charge people in our neighborhood a little bit less to get into them. I feel that. I'm not a, I'm not against that as a as a theory. I'm not against that. God damn, this is a good conversation. <laughs> Boy, we 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 wrecking y'all right now. Look at Crystal. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, sister. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Good. Thank you for this too. Yeah. This is not, you know, we mm-hmm. don't get to do this. So, yeah. um, yeah, no. As a theory, I'm I'm here. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And that's I'm I'm I really am grateful for these types of platforms so that I can say that. Yeah. Because that's part of the chess game. It's part of the blueprint. Like it it off top is, but what's not part of the blueprint is pissing off the motherfuckers with the most cheese. That's not part of the blueprint. Um, just because. Y'all did it first or just because I'm emotional or just because I'm at my wits end or I'm frustrated or God damn it. Like mm-hmm. that's not part of the blueprint. That's mm-hmm. emotional. Mm-hmm. It's not part of the business. One of the things that was thrown at me when I was taking these stances about this shit was that we not a business. Why'd y'all book me? I get booked by businesses. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. this, y'all trying to do too much. We trying to do emotional shit. We trying to do business shit. We trying to do equity shit. We trying to bleed from the heart. We trying to do all this. You know, no, we don't see how it works when we do that. That's that's not it. How does it work when we do that? It don't. Look where we are being emotional. You think black people are being emotional? Yes. How so? With with good right. Look mm-hmm. what's look what's put in front of us every five seconds. Right. And and a lot. What of are we are, being emotional about? The wrongdoing to us. We're being emotional about things that we are completely in our right to be emotional about. Mm-hmm. If all we want to end up is some expressive ass motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Let's get it. What would be your view of not being emotional? Like, what would, what, like how are we being emotional and what would be not being emotional? One thing is we're feeding our soul with this shit. Like, we waking up in the morning having a big breakfast of reminding ourselves what type of situation we in with this president. We reading his tweets. We waking up reading his tweets. We might be laughing about it. I don't That's, even follow him. I don't, I don't, I don't, do, I don't like, follow I don't, him. I don't, I don't look for it. him. Yeah. I don't click on him. I don't click on anything that has his energy on it. Mm-hmm. It's not for my household. Mm-hmm. It's not for my chess game. Yeah. I don't have enough spirit capacity to do him and me. Mm-hmm. So I can only focus on what I got going on. Mm-hmm. And because I do that, when I get in these scenarios where something is triggering for me or when the pressure is applied, I feel like because I feed my spirit with what I want to come up out of me in those moments, I am better prepared for that. That's why a lot of focuses for me are about nutrition and things like that and understanding our redlining issues and, and things like that when it comes to our nutrition and all of that, because we have to start with what we do on the everyday so that we're ready for these type of battles. Mm-hmm. Um, that has to do with not being emotional. What you do on your everyday has to do with not being emotional. So making sure that it takes so much to knock you off your square, making sure you have some self-awareness, making sure that you're not worried about your hyper-masculinity or your whatever it has to, the, the superficial shit of being black. 
when we focus on that shit, more than we focus on the spirit and what's going on on the inside, this is when we have these reactions that are checkers. Mm -hmm. That's when we have checkers reactions. If we would play chess on a daily with our bodies, with our minds, we play chess on the daily with the people around us that look like us, that don't look like us, that talk like us, that don't talk like us, that fuck with us, that hate us. Mm -hmm. It's chess with everybody. Mm -hmm. These type of situations will be stealthier, smarter, slicker. They'll be unified within what we're trying to do. Mm -hmm. um, it would be much harder to divide us mm -hmm. if we was together in the first place. A little bit of spirit counseling, a little bit of sticking your toes in the mud would have told you, maybe I should care about this artist that I'm booking. Maybe I should see what she about. Maybe I should give a fuck. Had that been done, we wouldn't be here. Hmm. There would have been no division. There would have right. been none of that. We care about black people. We care about black equity. You booked a black artist. Care about her. Right. That's, that's, that's really as deep as it gets. Give a fuck before today. Give a fuck before it hit Van. Mm -hmm. Give a fuck before it hit CNN. Mm -hmm. Y'all didn't give a fuck. That's I, messy. But maybe it's, it, perhaps they didn't know, but they didn't assume, because I, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I was surprised that when I saw the article on Clinton, I was surprised that you were black. Because it's not, not that I was offended or anything like that. I think I look at that and I'm going, well, that's, that's a, it's a stance I wouldn't have taken. But when I read more about it, I understood why you took the stance. This is, <laughs> this is, what, this is my retort to what you just said. And I think that one reason why meeting ideas like this um, is it, important is because of the gumbo of thought that's going to have to exist for any type of community yeah. building to actually happen, yeah. right? It's yeah. not going to happen one way. The way that I would look at what you're saying, uh, the way I would look at everything that you said is this. So there are apparatuses that exist and some that have to be built, right? So one apparatus to um, getting our community together is to have them understand what it is they're up against. So in, in order to understand that, that that comes with dispelling some lies, um, that comes with a little bit of uh, shedding the light on the truth mm -hmm. of the systems that ha are working perfectly to keep us where we are, and a little self-accountability and understanding about what we're going to need to do. So part of that is going to be, okay, this is how you got here. And the reason why this, the, this is how you got here is important. Now, what I don't believe is that we need to flip on social media and seeing a brother or sister get his head blown off by a police officer every five minutes, I think that that is actually killing our spirits. But, you know, some people believe that it's important to keep people aware and vigilant, and I can agree with that too. But what I would say is that what I have to do is I have to, in my brain, um, know two things. One, that the best society to build in America or anywhere is one that values freedom, justice, and equality, right, for everyone, re regardless of race, freedom, justice, and equality. However, that there are specific communities that are being denied that on purpose. So because they're being denied that on purpose and because there's not going to be a, a massive change of heart in the ruling class, that'll never happen. The way that those communities can combat that is one way, solidarity one way and it and solidarity in a bunch of different factions right you have to care about so many different other people's experiences uh, you have to care about the experiences of the old lady that lives across the street from you that's struggling um to be uh, because her medicaid got cut you have to care about her right. you have to care about your um your lgbt homie across 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 town right. that's going through it that can't live their true life you have to care about a lot of different people the nigga who you exhausted of caring about right you have to care <laughs> like you have to care about a lot of different people but yes. what you really have to care about if you want to see them change 
are the people that are in your community. Yes. I am from South Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'll say it again. That's two on this podcast. I have to care that I've been able to be semi-successful. I have to care about those people. I have to care about them. And caring about them oftentimes means prioritizing them, means that their justice means a little bit more to me than maybe the people's justice in Shenandoah or Sherwood Forest, their their economic viability. Only well, because they have their own community to to rally for them. Is no, what you're saying, right? Only because they're they straight. Own. That like like it's not is that like it's because they're straight. And and another reason is Jillian is I can't depend on the people from that community to care about the people from my community because had we been able to depend on that. The situation wouldn't be the way that it is right now. So I can't, I can't, I can't, if I could say, if I could go and take leaflets, right, and go to Beverly Hills right now and go, yo, shit is fucked up in Watts. Here's the information. And if I believe that they would go, oh my God, look at this. Let's go do something about it. Then that's what I would do. Right. But the only way to, to really improve the conditions of the people that live there is to make them care about each other. Right. More then they care about some other things more. I mean, when I say more, I mean, I love everyone. I love you a little bit more. I love, I, I care about everybody. I don't want to be unfair to anyone, but the unfairness of another segment of the, uh, of the population is actually less important to me than whether or not you're being treated fairly. It's just like you treat your family. Right. So <laughs> I think that if anyone had a problem, and by the way, your specific upbringing is antithetical to that. I had no white people in my house. Ain't no white people ever hold me. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you know what I'm saying? ain't no white people ever hold me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what the fuck that's like. Like, I, like, I didn't. You know, I have a lot of white friends. You know, I'm like, like, I, you know, I, like when I first moved out to LA, the guy who I lived with out here was my boy Tommy. Shout out to Tommy Tally. Tommy's mad at me because I talked about the state that his house was in. Now he about to hold you though. When I when I um when I came out here. But Tommy, we got that Tommy and Barbara. I love you. Um, but so, so I don't have that experience. Right. But I think that a, I think that for a lot of black people, and I won't speak for them all, <clears throat> we're starting to feel like ownership and group operation is the way to get there. Right. And it seemed as if what you did uh, was at cross purposes to that. Right. For some of them. Right. Which is the reason why I followed you. Right. <laughs> I followed you, and then someone hit me up in my DMs. Yo, unfollow Tiny Jack. What? Say that again. Someone hit me up in my DMs. <laughs> like I followed you because I was like, "Yo, I'm, I'm definitely." I, I, well, For the I, record, I'm on. Like, I, like, I, like, <laughs> like, like. Listen, listen. I like. I, I knew this conversation was gonna happen. I'm, I'm like, I'm getting her ass on this podcast. Somebody said, "Yo, unfollow Tiny Jack." Yo, you know what I'm saying? And, and so, and then now, now that brings me to the to the to the, to the to the to the point I'm about to ask you about. When I went into your comments, yeah, I saw a lot of fuck ass Trump supporters in your comments. Period. Plenty. Plenty. Does it bother you yes. being a symbol yes. to them? Yes, it bothers me. Yes, it bothers me. Yes, it bothers me. Absolutely. Does that ever make me. you feel like because so many Trump supporters are like, yeah, go, that you maybe were on the wrong side of this? Fuck no. Okay. But it, it bothers me for sure, but it was a predictable outcome. It's a predictable outcome. If I wasn't doing my chess game on the daily to myself, I would be the type of person that modifies everybody's stories to fit my agenda as well. Mm -hmm. So I get it. Um... And no hate in my heart about it because it makes it's 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 the shit that don't make sense that I worry about. I don't worry about shit that makes sense. I don't mm -hmm. worry about shit that I can see coming. I don't worry about shit that I can make sense of it. I saw that shit coming. That that's gonna happen. It's it's good and bad with everything. This happens to be the bad of this happens to be so 
sensationalized because look where we are. So yeah, that that is that's that's a crazy that's some crazy shit right now. Um, and I don't even mean to make it seem so not a big deal, but for one, it's a reality that I refuse to subscribe to because I can't feed my spirit with the shit. For one. For two, if you gave a fuck about me, you already know what tip I'm on. If you listen to the music, you already know what tip I'm on. So I'm not that worried about it. And I ain't showing these motherfuckers no love. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And they're not staying. Mm -hmm. As soon as I drop my next track, they gonna be like, oh my God, she's not for Like, it's not mm -hmm. that. It, I'm not worried. They're not staying. Mm -hmm. They're not staying around. Um, and if I did worry about it, I probably wouldn't have made it up here today. You know what I'm saying? I'd be in a corner somewhere, rocking back and forth. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not worried about that. It's going to be bad that come with everything. Mine's just sensationalized right now because of timing. It's sensationalized in a good way, too, because of timing. Mm -hmm. It's sensationalized for me right now because of timing. I'm understanding my people better than I ever have because of timing. Well, did you, what have you come to understand better about them? A lot of them pay, playing checkers. Mm -hmm. And I was about to get to playing chess on their ass. And I was going to lose a lot of them. And I care about them. So now I'm about to go to the checkers game and rally them niggas up. Pull them over to the chess game. I didn't know I had to do that though. I was just about to start playing chess, and mm -hmm. I didn't. I didn't realize that I ha I care I care a lot about um, not just me and and everybody that subscribed to my school of thought, but people, everybody. All right, let's let's pay some bills right now. Uh, excuse my voice. I'm a little under the weather, but it's not gonna stop you from getting this great information from Audio Mac. If you're listening to this right now, then that means this podcast is now available on Audio Mac. Audio Mac is the free music and podcast streaming app that lets you stream and download the hottest albums, mixtapes, songs, playlists, and podcasts along with Audio Mac exclusives. Discover the best new songs by browsing the trending page. Check out the library of carefully curated playlists. There's one for every mood. And take your favorite songs and podcasts offline to save your data and listen wherever you are. Audio Mac is here to move music forward. Available now on the App Store and Google Play. Now let's get back to more of this incredible conversation with Tiny Jag. And, you know, maybe I'll put out a trap album or something like that. I'm kind of sounding like Jeezy right now with whatever's going on with my throat. <laughs> what, what's, when you say the chess game, you say checkers. A lot of them are playing checkers. Um, some people are, are you're, you're, you're talking about the chess game. Just... I feel like we've touched on it, but crystallize to me what playing chess is to you. So equity is about, and again, the big difference is the difference between equity and charity. And I have to, I have to plug another artist. His name is Fuzz, Fuzzy Slippers. He he was able to put this into words. that Fuzzy I, Slippers. Okay. And, and, and let's even talk about his name is Fuzzy Slippers because he's so comfortable being who he is in whatever setting that he always in some slippers. That's Fuzzy. Fuck with him. Okay. Fuck so, with him. So, um, ma'am. So he he put it into some really good words for me though, because he studied political science and and he he was able to put it in better words than my than my spirit was able to bring for me. But you can't do charity and equity at the same time. So it's it's more about playing chess. Equity is about being impartial. If we want equity, we got to be impartial. They, they, to white people? We have to be impartial, period. You can't be lean, doing all this leaning. You have to be impartial. We need everybody cheese in, in equity for blacks. We don't need just black money in the black community because if we did, we would be straight. That's not true. The, it, that, the, 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 the reality right is that the problem is that we take our... The, I just put a post up today. Uh, Bernard Arnault is the CEO of, uh, of Louis Vuitton Moet Hennessy. Okay. Think about that. Louis Vuitton Moet Hennessy. My mother used to put 
my grandmother used to put my grandmother used to put Hennessy in my baby <laughs> bottle. Hennessy in my baby bottle to make to, 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 go, to, bed, to go, go to bed. Right. <laughs> so I've been drinking Hennessy longer than I've been talking. Longer than you knew. Right. So <laughs> those brands. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? I've been I'm drinking Hennessy long enough. Y'all laughing. You know what? Fuck y'all. Y'all laughing at my grandmother. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm laughing at my grandmother. She's like, yo, you used to break shit. We had to put I'm some Hennessy. I'm sick hands. of you. Right. Eat them gum. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> put some Hennessy on your bed and you go to sleep. But what I'm saying is that the reason why I'm disagreeing <laughs> with you right now, sister, is I'm saying that if we actually supported the businesses that we own as much as we, we actually don't need any. The, the black American economy, if you just took the economy of black Americans here, mm -hmm. I think it would be like the, the 15th or 16th biggest economy in the world. Right. So really, we don't need any dollars outside. We don't need anything. So let's teach them that. Right. Let's That's the teach thing to them teach them. that before we teach them get an extra $10 on the white head. Let's teach them spend here. Not, mm -hmm. not. And, and we can do that without a discount. Because my thing is, even with a discount, if I cannot afford a $20 festival, mm -hmm. I cannot afford a $10 festival. Mm. The, that's the difference we're talking about. Really? You, you, you really feel like that? Uh, yeah. I've, I've, been, like, I've been in places where that $10 was a motherfucker. It shouldn't have been for you. And that's the problem. You mm. need to know better than that. Mm -hmm. You need to know that if you couldn't afford $20, then you do need to stay home. Mm. And you need to put your head in a book. Or you need to put your head in something that's going to get the longevity going. Something that's going to get us learning how to fish, mm -hmm. not eating fish. What about this? The is about eat this. This festival was about to give a lot of kids some fish to eat tonight. What but about it wasn't going to teach them how to fish. What about the idea that every little dollar helps? So even if it's forget about what the binary of what you can afford and what you can't afford. What about the fact that maybe making it easier for you to go? How about this? Turning. Uh, something that would be a luxury into something that's a convenience. Let's focus then. Are we trying to give black people a luxurious experience or are we trying to put money in the black community? We're not going to do both right now. We're not there. Pick a struggle. Like, mm. we can't do both right now. If we want to give them a crazy experience that's just for blacks and all of this and that and that, we can do that. But it's not going to be like that that's not you you cannot do both you can't then say oh well we can take this stance because it's for the kids this is the last place we should be trying to fuck around with race is for an event for some children because now they're using my face as the reason that white supremacists is is threatening the black families not the fucked up ass ticket structure mm -hmm. the fact that i pulled out mind you if i pulled out because i had a volleyball game with my niggas mm -hmm. <laughs> Nobody would have gave a fuck. Niggas playing volleyball. <laughs> I want to see the game. Nobody would. They're sitting in here with you. Very y'all. Y'all <laughs> fucking play volleyball. Oh, yeah, and I'm good. You good? <laughs> I, shout out to my girl Sharice. Uh, she's a, a USA volleyball. Y'all okay? Well, I'm just What's making up, sure. Sharice? I'm not like. Yeah. Hello. Like, yeah, yeah. So get mm -hmm. together real quick. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so if I pulled out for that, nobody would have ever gave a fuck. So I wish it would be because I pulled. Her name out. is Sheridan. I don't know why I call her Sharice. Shame, my bad. Sheridan, Sheridan. It's just a friend. I'm like, it's not, but it's just Sheridan. Shout out to her. Shout out. She, just come on, man. <laughs> She's a new friend. Trouble. She's a new friend. No, nah, it's just a friend. <laughs> but um, mm -hmm. but yes, mm -hmm. but that's that's not. It's it's not gonna work that way. Like we we can do we can do one. My point is, mm -hmm. we can do one or the other. Nobody would have cared had I backed out because I was busy, or I backed out because I had bigger bag coming, or whatever the case may be. Nobody would have cared. The issue came from the structure of the ticketing. And if we was going to be up in arms about some backlash, it 
we need to focus on where the backlash came from and um, and and how we can keep that from being a thing next time if that's not what we want. Mm -hmm. I'm not that close. I'm, I'm, I felt like I kind of knew the curators. Mm -hmm. I definitely don't feel that way anymore. Right, 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 right. <laughs> but um, at least personally enough to know that I know that their their goals I can respect. The mm -hmm. goals, period. That was never. I've done Afro Future before. I've done a I've done a show for them before, mm -hmm. um, at the same exact location, same exact people, everything. Um, the footage is still on my on my YouTube. I'm not a hater. It's mm -hmm. just, you know, communicate. Let's be. Let's actually move like we have a goal. We're not gonna be sloppy. We're not gonna be. We're not gonna have all these holes in in the blueprint. We're not gonna have all these holes in in the in the equation. Mm -hmm. Let's let's get there. Let's let's make it there. Mm -hmm. um, how would you like to see black people and white people in America? How what would you like to see? Because you talk a lot about some of the things that you say. Pause. Let me get this thought out. Yeah. One thing that I'm hearing is that do you feel like black people cannot fix their situation in America unless white people are somehow involved? No. You don't feel like that? No. Mm -mm. So we don't need white people? That, mm -hmm. the, the black community I think doesn't that need part white comes people. organically. That's my part. The, the blueprint or the way that I feel does not have them, has any other community, not just them, doesn't have any community built into it. Mm -hmm. It has a it has its own flourish to it that mm -hmm. is going to naturally make others gravitate towards it. Everybody wants to be a nigga anyway mm -hmm. until it's time, you know, mm -hmm. until our backs is up against some shit. Mm -hmm. But before that, we the coolest thing walking the planet. Right. And that's just facts. But we're, one one reason why we're so cool to them is because they own our cool. One part of that's not that's like, like we 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 they're the one one thing that's really cool about black people is that we're cool for a price and they set the price. I think the coolest thing about black people is that they have rhythm. The coolest thing about black people is everything that we are. We are, this is us. Everything is us. And, and the and point we, that we I'm are making with the rhythm is how much innate, it, how many things are innate for us. How mm -hmm. many things are innate for us that you just can't make up, that you just can't teach, that you just can't, these things. Nothing and matters about that unless you own it. Period. We own it culturally, period. but they're and, buying and selling and it. And there's nothing that's there's nothing about ten dollars on the white head that's going to make us own anything. Right. It's going to start these conversations. But it's going to show them that. To me, the point of that is, by the way, if I ran that festival, I wouldn't have done that. I, I, I like I'm not I'm not saying that that was the right thing to do. My biggest problem with, by the way, and I don't have a problem, um, because I do believe that in this entire deal. You're going to have to have um, engagers and resistors, like my man Charlemagne says. Engagers and resistors, right? Some people are going to engage. Some people are going to resist. I'm actually in the middle. I'm a enrister. <laughs> I engage where I can, and I resist. But what I, well, like, but what, like, I, I resist. But what, what, what I'm saying is, do you, if, I, if I had an issue with what it is that what you did was that one thing that I have a problem with, and this is a problem from growing up in the South, is I have a problem with black people not wanting to hurt white people's feelings. Oh, and that was just never part of the narrative. It was just that simple. Um, I think that sometimes you got to hurt somebody's feelings if you want to get ahead. If you really want to start something else and change a dynamic, it's not going to happen without hurting people's feelings. Now, I have a bunch of I have white people in my life that are very important to me. 
incredibly important to me. Some of the nicest people that I know, some of yeah. the great and and I wouldn't want to hurt their feelings at all. But the reality is those people are so close to me because they understand their privilege and their place in this country. And they get that in order for inroads to be made, they're going to have to sacrifice a little bit of that. I don't know if they're going to be so willing when it comes time. Right. But they get that it can't continue to go the way that it's going to go. Right. And sometimes I think the one thing that black people don't want to do, and it's, it comes from a metric that I've seen from my community, is that like, yo, if you're on a basketball court, right, and we're all playing, and I lob the ball to my boy Ryan, and he takes the ball, reverse, whatever he does with it, right? Everybody goes, oh, shit, that was crazy. Let a white boy do it. Watch how the gym goes fucking nuts, right? Mm -hmm. Like, if everybody's dancing and somebody does something amazing, let a white boy walk in there, Justin Timberlake cornrows in his head, and start fucking it up. Watch how everybody goes crazy. Part of that is just because we don't think white people can do those things. Mm -hmm. But another part of it is, is that some reason we like being seen by them. We like it when white people think that it's cool. Like, like I know people that are fixtures on Shade Room, BET, um, uh, Ball Alert, and all those places. You should see how they act when they come in here. Hmm. Because some kind of way, the validation of this place, <laughs> or the validation of, oh, I won an Academy Award, or oh, I won all of this, that means something. The love means more when it's from white people sometimes. Okay. The feeling cool, feeling a part of something means more when, it's from, when it comes from white people sometimes. And I think that sometimes if they get a little pressed about something, we got to be like, whatever. Our goals and what we want and what we're doing is a little bit more important than how you feel right now. And, and that, that to me demonstrates love for each other. The only problem I had with what you did was that you broke with black people because of white people's feelings. And I and right, and that's the the take that you had from it. And yeah. I and I completely understand that and But I, I understand why you did it though. And I'm not too dense to understand that you are not alone in that exact thought process. It mm -hmm. was more of a sis, okay, even if they was wrong It's us. Bring it in. We we can talk about it as a family. <laughs> right. And I got that. Yeah. I just wasn't part of the family when we was making these decisions in the first place. Mm -hmm. I wasn't even cared about as an artist. So we gotta take you got you have to for a minute. Just add on some as an artist in the situation, take all of that shit up off of it for a second on some these people ain't give a fuck about your mans two seconds ago mm -hmm. when they was booking me, not telling me what was up. When they was okay with me taking this shit that I don't even know what I'm taking free of cost to them. Mm -hmm. I was not being cared about. You know what I'm saying? So it's not about, we, we not then, when I'm being wronged, going to decide that we all should have done this on the hush-hush. Well, what we should have done on the hush-hush was talk to one another so that we can actually make these strides that y'all want to make. Mm -hmm. This was more of a harsh learning curve for us all. Um, and it wasn't on anything, but this could have absolutely been done a better way. Right. Not just because on my motherfucking accord, yeah. it could have been done a better way so that we could get where we're trying to go. Sure. And it's not only sensationalized when a white person does some black shit. Lil Nas done went into fucking country and that's the, just the sweetest shit ever. Yeah. If a white boy would have done the same thing, it would not be doing this. Mm. Fam wouldn't have jumped on it if a, another little white boy was doing it. Mm -hmm. It's because we, when we cross those boundaries, it's sensational. Because everything is focused on us being different and separated and staying in them lanes. When you start crossing them lanes up, yeah, that shit's sensational. Everybody in this motherfucker, we in L.A. right now. Mm -hmm. Niggas is singing, rapping, zzzing, 
ASMRing, all this motherfucking shit. <laughs> Everything's being crossed up, switched up, flipped up, and that shit's sensational. Mm -hmm. That's what it's about. Yeah. I'm cool with that. Yeah. I'm good with that. Mm -hmm. I'm part, I am a product of this society. I'm part of this generation. There is a lot of sensationalized shit in that and doing that type of thing. I'm with all the shits. That was not this. Mm. This was not thought through. And it just happened to hit these headlines that made it seem like it was this great thing that was well thought out and Tiny Jag just could not hurt the white people's feelings. And that's just not what it was. It was never what the fuck it was supposed to be from jump. I couldn't fuck with the shit and they hated me for it. And now I'm sitting here talking to you. The mm. motherfucking end. That's, yeah. that's all it is. Tiny yeah. Jag always been for me, been for you, been for the blacks, been for the whites, been for whatever the fuck else is up in me. I don't know. I ain't did no Ancestry.com. I'm not about to let no white people in the laboratory tell me what the fuck I am. We're not about to do none of that. Mm -hmm. But I know when I stick these ugly little toes in the motherfucking mud, mm -hmm. somebody talks to me. Work. And they do not say we need an extra ten dollars on the white head. And that's just really where I'm at with it. All right. I get that. Like there's there's no way to hate on it. This is what I like, I'd ask you this. So you that is you're vibrating at a higher frequency than me. I'm gonna be honest with you. You are. You're vibrating at a higher frequency than me. Um I am at a point to where uh there's a lot of things that are going on. One thing is that I've I've been here at TMZ for a while. Um, and having been, uh, everything that's inside of me has already been in there, but it's been, it's, it's been um, uh, sort of exacerbated or, or multiplied or whatever in the last seven or eight years that I've been here. And the reason why it's been is because I see how fundamentally uh, America misunderstands black people. Mm -hmm. Not in a, not in a, um, there's nothing artistic or abstract about it. You they, have a front row, like. They don't get you. You have a front row like day, they, on the daily. Like, and it's not even, it's not even that, it's not even that, um, it's, it's not, it doesn't always come from a sinister place. Right. And that is the, uh, most frustrating thing about it's it. That's the most difficult piece. If, if I, if I could look at someone and go, yo, like. That like is uh, like you're fucking racist. Right? <laughs> that would be easy. The microaggressions. But just having crazy. someone, I remember having a conversation in the newsroom one day, and they go, "Yo, seems like that person's acting a little bit more like Malcolm X. You don't want to be like that guy." And I was like, "What's wrong, with Malcolm X?" Wow. Malcolm X was violent. Mm. He was a violent guy. That's what you took, huh? It, the reality yeah. is, this person is one of the smartest people I know. They just don't know shit about Malcolm X. Was this person being violent? No. Hmm. They, but, 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 but what, I, what, what I'm saying is that they, it, it, because of that, I feel like um, I'm not even capable. I'm capable of, of loving and being fair to everyone, and I am, uh, but I'm not capable of not prioritizing black people in almost every situation now. I, I, it, it's, I'm, not, I, it, I'm not capable of it. Are you capable of... No, I want you to finish. I'm, I'm Go really for it. into this. No, I'm really into this. No, so what, what I, the only thing I'm capable of doing is saying, look, here in America, things have been unfair for us for a long, long time. I'm not about crying about that anymore. I'm not about acting like um, anybody in this room that might happen that's white is responsible for that unfairness. They're not. They were born into it. They didn't have a choice, right? But I'm also not about pretending that that, doesn't exist 
and pretending that it's not going to be us, up to us to do more for ourselves in order to offset it, right? So if you, it, like the burden is that we have to do more for ourselves. Absolutely. The, like we, we have to do more for us. Absolutely. Um, and sometimes that's going to piss white people off. And Van, I want you to know that is us doing more for ourselves is a theory. Sometimes it's going to have to be more expensive for them. Sometimes there's going to have to be a cultural cost. And sometimes there's going to have to be, because think about this. You're a musician, it's right? It's not even sometimes. For this to work, it's going to be. You're you know musician. what I'm saying? Off top. So, like, for example, there was a time where you could just steal black people's music and call it something else and then make uh, make over a, a trillion dollars off of it. And while it's a bunch of black people who did rock and roll music that died in obscurity everywhere. Not even right, And the Beatles right. and the Rolling Stones and Led Zeppelin, if you ask them, yo, who who fucking they're like, oh shit, Muddy Waters, Lil Walter, all of these guys, these right. are the people they kid America, they go straight to Tennessee, right? Mm -hmm. They go they go straight to Muscle Shoals. They go all of those places, right? But they end up being 75, 76, 77, still touring fucking 21-year-old ladies uh, making a making a, a, a billion dollars. And the men who invented the sound, they don't get shit. At all, right. They can't even get in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame half right. the time. Mm -hmm. So they they will rock and roll us in every aspect of who we are mm -hmm. if we don't make it a little bit easier for each other to succeed. Um, so that's the only diff difference that we're having. The and it's not it's not a difference. That's that's my whole thing. It's not a difference. Listen to how how much depth there is to what you're talking about right now. It's not going to be as simple as doing what you just heard from this festival. Yeah. It is way deeper than that. That is a bunch of chess that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. That's a bunch of fucking chess. It really truly is, which is why I was not out here. First thing I, my mama asked me when I told her, I'm about to take music serious. I'm dropping out of my master's program because I'm in my in my class making video treatments. And she said, niggas, you crazy. <laughs> she said, what is your message? Mm -hmm. What's the message? And my initial reaction to her, which I still relatively stick to, but my initial reaction to, reaction to her was the message is is coming. Yeah, it's that's period. Mm -hmm. You you're my mama. You know what my message is. Word. You know what I'm about. You know what time it is. I don't put you on some to some stuff. Mm -hmm. You know we working together in here. You know what's up. But um, I can't stray away from the blueprint. The blueprint is built to be attacked. The blue, that's why it's there. If everything was just going to go the way you feel it was going to go, you don't need anything to stick to. You don't need a blueprint. You don't need no guns to hold on to. It's not going to go like that. The blueprint going to get attacked. I didn't know it was going to get attacked like this. <laughs> but it's going to get attacked. But if I start veering from it, it's no longer the blueprint. I'm out here willy-nilly. I'm out here pissing. I'm in the contest mm -hmm. of pissing. We've been pissing for a long time. We've been making these knee-jerk reactions to being exhausted from watching these videos, exhausted from being in our corporate positions where we see us misunderstood every day. We exhausted. We tired. We are tired. But the blueprint is still in effect. The blueprint is still in effect over here. So the message is important for me, but it's got to be laid out in a way that I think as a communicator it's not just about it getting out of my mouth. It's not just about me making a stance. It's not just about me making a a point with my decisions as far as here's a ticket structure that's going to send a message. That's not the message. I, I need my message to land and to, and to stick 
and to start to induce change, to move a needle. And I think that it's important that we do it that way mm. in order to do that. Like I said, this puts little, this, this starts conversations. This, this does things that, because of how it went, it does start conversations. Because it did hit headlines, it has started conversations that I think are necessary. So I don't even take this as an L for anyone across the board. Everybody won. Period. And that's why won, I can sleep. They won. <laughs> they won. Everybody. I'm, I actually, I might go to their festival. And man, <laughs> like what a win. Well, you know I, might, I might go to their festival. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's such a win. And that is, I don't have the vocab mm -hmm. for whatever that, that feeling is that's in my chest about that. But like, that is big. That is a big dub. Like that's huge. And nobody saw it coming, which makes it so organic, which makes mm -hmm. it actually probably have some longevity to it. Right. But I don't think it would have been that the way that it was going. Um, and I also don't think that without these types of conversations, the needle wouldn't have even been starting to do anything off of that. Mm -hmm. And I also think that that idea may have put some ideas in the children that do follow that school of thought without objection, without hearing another side, without maybe um, consulting someone that has had a white this or a, Asian this or a Hispanic this or whatever lacking that tolerance making them feel like they have to be within these safe black spaces it lacks a tolerance to move and I feel like at the end of the day this ended up being a win because it put a sensationalized significance on a lot of different avenues that are within this same idea that at once was just very narrow and kind of had some blinders on it hmm. what's next for you Shit. <laughs> well, um, the music for sure. But oh, um, one thing that I will say, I'll, I was just sat here and it's fucked up. There's going to be like that much of a contrast. But I sat here and said about the blueprint. But the blueprint, I do feel like is a little, it needs a little modification just because I didn't know where we were. So I feel as if my message does need to be in the music a little bit sooner than mm -hmm. I had maybe um, planned. But it was there anyway. It was there anyway, regardless. The principles are there. You have more people there. reaching out now? Oh, for sure. I mean, look at you. You look mm -hmm. at me in my eyeballs, mm -hmm. my pupils. Mm. Are you in this moment? Yeah. I'm in this motherfucking yeah. moment. I leave here tonight. Mm -hmm. I'm here with you right now. Mm -hmm. This is big shit. Not just on no tiny jag shit. Not just on no van shit. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I ain't never had no conversations like this and felt comfortable to talk about where I'm coming from with no lights on me, with yeah. no microphone in my face. Right. You know what I'm saying? This is huge shit. This is big shit right now. So it was necessary. It was necessary. And it's more to come that's going to be necessary. And I'm going to be honest with you, now that I realize all I got to do is necessarily issue an apology to my own fans and shit like this could come about, I don't know if this is the last time some shit like this going to happen, mm. to be honest with you. Yeah. I don't know that. But um, because I feel really deeply about a lot of shit, <laughs> so I don't. No use holding it in. Whatever you not get, whatever, now, yeah, goddamn it. You feel deeply about. You gotta get it out. Not now, shit. I didn't got all these motherfucking media cherries popped. So mm -hmm. uh, not now, definitely. But um, but no, it's my focus is definitely to make sure that um, the craft is aligned with the message more than ever. Um, but still does not veer away from the reason that I'm here in the first place, which is that that
that inclusivity, that that freedom to do this right here, to, to come up here and express just exactly to a pinpoint how I feel about whatever is asked of me is is, is huge for me. And I think that that is a very large drop, but still a drop in a very big pool. But that's my drop. My drop in that pool is inclusivity, tolerance and being true to you, because as soon as we do that, a lot of this other stuff doesn't have room for a conversation because it's, it's second nature for us. Hmm. Yo, let me tell you something. I knew that this conversation would be good when I, I tell you why I knew it would be good. Like I went on when everybody was like getting at you and then you put a picture up that was basically like, fuck you. <laughs> I like shit like that. I like the fuck you people. I do. The apology people aren't bad. I don't mind the apology people. They're fun to hang around with. Right. But I like the fuck you people. I like the fuck you people because the fuck you people in this day and age have the wherewithal to stay on their lane and to stay on their road. Um, the only thing that I would hope is that you're willing to add lanes. Oh, and that's for sure. I'm a Sagittarius. Stay. I'm the most adaptable that you'll ever meet in your life. Yeah. And, and <laughs> for me, you know, my sister's militant. I'm part-time militant, all-time black. <laughs> uh, and, but I, 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 I do respect the point of view that there is a general sense of basic fairness and awareness. Um, and I like the fact that you had the courage to, uh, to, to move uh, within your spirit and upon, and, and how, on how you see the world. Thank you. Thank um, you so much. And that is an uncommon trait now. People are normally playing to the crowd. We all, I don't give a fuck who you are. <laughs> I know some of my homies in this media scene are listening to this. You all do it. Oh, man. You all go, oh, yeah, that would be fire to put on the ground and put this up and blah, 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 blah. Like, everybody does it. Everybody goes, how outrageous. Um, but you didn't know what was going to happen. You did it. And for that, I'm telling all the white people in the room, just the white people now, clap. Ten times harder oh for Tiny Jag right now. Clap, extra clap. <laughs> no, that's a that's a ten dollar clap. I need a forty dollar clap. Not right. Clap forty. Five, you that's paid. Ain't nobody say stop clapping. Okay. Clap for Tiny. <laughs> you better get forty dollars worth. All right, where, 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 like, so where, where else y'all going? What else y'all doing while y'all in LA? Y'all, oh, well, actually, out, we're man. out of here. We're going to Chicago. Mm -hmm. um, Complex Con is going on in Chicago, so that's lit. But definitely, I mean, I'm tiny fucking Jag, so that's that's my big thing. I want to be. I want to make sure that I can connect with with everything and everybody. So I'm everywhere all the time, but I'm tiny Jag on everything except Twitter. This would be great. Except Twitter. If y'all fuck with this interview, harass Twitter. Tell them to give me Tiny Jag because somebody has it. They only tweet like once a month. Mm -hmm. That's whack. They won't give it to me. They, so I'm Tiny Jaguar on Twitter. But everybody that, you know, fucked with the interview, definitely harass Twitter about giving me Tiny Jag because that belongs to me. Mm. Tiny Jag. All right, we out. All right.